Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Final Forms for their support. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration and forms, but Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and it provides schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with mobile accessibility and reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help with attendance and even certification management for coaches and for athletic directors. It can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this using secure language translation and ADA compliance. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to become a member of the Final Forms team. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. Sideline's Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year and also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also call them at 614-981-3589, or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thank you to Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to elevate the performance of their teams using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras, like the Huddle Focus. There's always been analytics, but there's a whole lot more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and colleges, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams play at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. 
Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. And we want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. I got to tell you, I am very excited about today's guest. Uh, we're going to be visiting with one of uh, basketball's, uh, I, I would say, legendary figures, Jackie Styles. Uh, if that name isn't familiar to you, shame on you. Uh, Jackie Styles was, uh, um, you know, an outstanding uh, high school and college basketball player. You know, led the nation in uh, multiple categories, both in high school and college. Led her college team to a Final Four. Uh, also played professionally, coached at the college level. And now she's uh, doing some uh, some really cool things in the world of athletics. And we're going to hear about all of that. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Jackie Styles. Thank you, Jake, for having me on. It's an honor to be on your show. Oh, gosh, uh, the honor is ours, I, I can assure you. Um, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that five-minute bio. We're going to take a deeper dive into different parts of your life, but uh, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? And, and maybe just a little bit of how your path has led you to, um, you know, what you're doing right now. Yeah, well, um, I grew up in a really small town, Claflin, Kansas, central Kansas, town of 600 people. Um, I was very fortunate that my dad was a basketball coach and he coached the varsity boys at the high school where I grew up. And, you know, I would follow him to the gym and he could he would show me a, a fundamental and I couldn't wait to show him that I could master it. You know, while he was coaching teams, I would ride the bus with the guys to the game. I mean, I just loved it from a young age. I can remember following him to a coach's clinic and and, uh, you know, what like second grader wants to sit at a, a coaching clinic, but I just couldn't get enough of it. I told my second grade teacher I was going to play professional basketball when I grew up. That was before professional basketball even existed for women in the U.S. But I just had that vision that basketball was what I wanted to be good at. And that's what I wanted to do from a very young age. And um, I was very fortunate to have great coaches all throughout my career. And um, so then uh, basically on into college, which it was a tough uh, time deciding what school. I had never you know, had anyone like really teach me how to handle the recruiting process. I'm from a small town. No one had been heavily recruited. So I ended up having 18 home visits, 19 days and uh, actually narrowed it to three schools. True story, I called a psychic hotline um, to help me decide. But uh, my final three were UConn, uh, Kansas State, and Missouri State. And uh, 
I knew Missouri State was where I wanted to go. They started recruiting me when I was in seventh grade. So they got to me before everybody else did and started building that relationship. I went to their camps and I just felt like I could play in a final four there, even though everyone else thought it was impossible um, and still have my family be a part of it. It was close enough. It was six hours that they could be at my games where if I choose a Connecticut, they're never going to watch me play. Um, so had an amazing four years um, playing college basketball at Missouri State best decision in my life. I thought it might have ruined the rest of my life because I'm like, what compares to that? I mean, we were a Cinderella story, you know, making the final four in our home state in St. Louis. So it was a memorable run. And then, you know, just actually when I, you know, thought my life couldn't get better after that final four run, I got drafted um, fourth pick in the WNBA to play for the Portland Fire. And uh, I only got to play two seasons. Um, injuries kind of cut my career short. And, uh, I know you can't really see me, but I'm really small and um, I, you know, would drive in the lane with the big girls and I took a beating and I was very singular focused and, you know, a lot of times our strengths are weaknesses and, you know, one of my strengths was my drive, but then that also probably ended my career short because you know, I always thought more was better. And, you know, I never wanted to take a day off because internally I wanted to be the best to ever play the game, which sounds crazy. I know that was my internal goal, which I didn't come close to that. But, um, you know, and then uh, after I kind of got over, you know, the loss of my professional career, uh, I got into college coaching. I spent 10 years in college coaching. And then I, you know, this last couple of years, I've sold three homes in two and a half years. And I was like, I'm just so tired of moving, you know, um, and then I decided, you know, you know, as I've gotten older, you know, the first half of my career was more about uh, success, like how can I be the best basketball player I can possibly become and I was very selfishly focused. Now the second half of my career is about giving back to all of those that sacrifice so much so I could live out my basketball dreams and it's more about significance and so I was thinking like how do my gifts best align to help the most amount of people and that's where then I ended up um, deciding, you know what, I'm going to run my own business and I, it's J Styles Total Training and I do camps and clinics, but I was really just going to do that kind of until my gym opened and I'm opening a next gen fitness. It's a fitness franchise. It's a personal training gym here in Springfield, but really the basketball has just exploded. I'm kind of a niche where there's not a lot of female athletes going into smaller communities because I grew up in a small town and putting on clinics. And so it's really taken off. So I'm going to juggle both. And I just feel like this is kind of the best thing for me to impact the most amount of people. Uh, again, for our listeners, uh, we're visiting with uh, truly one of the legendary figures of uh, basketball, Jackie Stiles. Uh, we're going to take a deeper dive into you know her playing career. And we're going to hear about some of the things that she's doing right now. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. Please stay with us. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in athletic forms registration, but they're more than just forms. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and it provides schools with things like compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with mobile accessibility. It has reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that go with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this with ADA compliance and secure language translation. 
you know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. Once again, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Jackie Stiles. Um, Jackie, again, for those knuckleheads that have you know never followed your career, okay, takes back to those high school days in Kansas. Uh, you know, back then, uh, I guess they didn't let middle schoolers uh, play on the varsity. So, you know, you're a ninth grader. You know, stepping on the varsity court. Uh, you know, what was that like? Uh, you know, take us back to those days. Well, my whole goal in high school was I wanted to win a state championship more than anything. I, I was obsessed with that. But being from a small town, you basically had to do all the sports for us to have different sports teams. I mean, because I had 23 in my graduating class. That just shows you 100 in our high school. So I was actually a four-sport athlete. I did cross-country and tennis in the fall, basketball, and then track in the spring. Now, basketball was my main sport that I did year-round in the summers. But like I said, I, I did all those other sports. And um, one crucial moment for me was in my sophomore year, um, I actually broke my right wrist when I was going up for a reverse layup. And I thought my world was coming to an end. You know, I had to sit out for four weeks. And what you do in a small town is you play sports. I mean, the town shuts down when there's a game. And it was amazing though. Like we, our gym probably held like 2000. We would sell it out every night. I remember we had a regional final that people lined up at 9 a.m. for a 6 p.m. girls game so they could get in the door. This was my senior year. So you just had this tremendous support and that really drove you to want to be better um, because people in the small town really appreciated what you're doing and rallied behind you. But like I said, my sophomore year, I break my wrist. I sit out four weeks. I teach myself how to shoot left-handed um, because I had a cast past my elbow. I convinced a doctor, will you let me please play with the soft cast the second four weeks so I wouldn't hurt anyone else. But again, I couldn't straighten my arm. So I play four weeks left-handed. I get the cast off right before, you know, playoff time. And my, you know, shot was a little inconsistent because my muscle had atrophied and everything. And so I have one of the worst performances of my career. I'm four out of 21 shots. We only lost by a couple points and we would have won that game. We're playing for the state championship. And, you know, I was just devastated. I let, I thought I let my team down and, you know, just embarrassed all those things. And it would have been so easy for me to walk away and say, you know what, basketball's not worth this. I don't want to invest this kind of time. And I said, no, I want to be better than even before this injury. And that's when I vowed to make a thousand shots every single day. And I made a thousand shots to like my sophomore year in high school till my freshman year in college. And my college coach is like, you try to make a thousand shots and keep up with college academics and travel. You won't have any legs left. But if it wasn't for that injury and that adversity, I probably would not be where I am today. Um, you know, that's where I learned the value of a work ethic. And I, I'm a growth mindset person. So I believe you can accomplish anything. I mean, no one's ever said you must be a professional basketball player. I'm five, eight, I'm from a tiny town, but you know, I had big dreams and I was willing to work for them, but that, that was one valuable lesson that I, I learned in high school. And I was very fortunate to have really incredible coaches all throughout my career, starting with my dad to my high school coaches. I just had great support surrounding me. You know, uh, one of the questions that we ask, and I'm going to ask it in just a second, is, uh, you know, who are some of the mentors that you've had in your career? Uh, obviously, your dad, I think, is probably going to be on that. But I want to touch on something that you mentioned. When you came to high school, you said your goal 
was to win a state championship, um, it, which shows, or at least for me, I hear, you know, I want to do that with my team. Okay? Um, I know people always complain about, you know, today's generation, but it, it seems so frequent, you know, with the transfer portal and all of this stuff that it's all about me, you know, when am I going to get my reps? Uh, you know, when am I going to get my time as opposed to a team? And here's uh, arguably, you know, the best basketball player in the country. And what's her goal to do a team championship and then also help her school out by running cross country and playing on all those other sports teams. So, uh, wow. Uh, even more admiration, uh, than what was already there for me. Let's go and talk about those mentors. Um, uh, the expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head. So um, any voices uh, from the past that you still hear? Well, for sure. Like I, we talked about, you know, it kind of started with my dad. Just he was the one that, you know, put the ball in my hands at a young age. But he always would uh, teach me to, you know, be humble, but be confident. So he'd always say, um, know you're the best but don't shout it out. So know you're the best internally, but never shout it out. And he would show like Barry Sanders. I can remember, you know, he was from Kansas and, you know, one of the greatest all-time running backs. And he'd say, look, he scores a touchdown. He just gives the ball right back to the official like he's done it before. So that was a lesson early on, you know, that my dad taught me. And then, you know, like I said, I've had so many incredible mentors and uh, the last one being uh, coach Cole, who I, I worked for Hall of Fame coach for 25 years at Oklahoma. I learned so much in my my two years, but you know, a lot, you know, several lessons. One thing she'd always say is it's not necessarily what you say, it's how you say it. Um, it's getting the players to, you know, have get ownership in what they're doing. Like I, I learned a great lesson when I was coaching in, in college. Um, you know, I was defensive coordinator. I know it's crazy because I was offensive minded, but um, she put me as defensive coordinator and, uh, you know, she was like, you know, a lot of times if you're unsure how to guard a play, let the players decide it. And I'll tell you, if they decide it and they take ownership in it, they're going to do it. They're going to defend it the right way. So, you know, I, I just learned a lot about teaching and leadership through Coach Cole, but so many incredible mentors. But, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice is from my dad, you know, knowing you're the best internally, but never shouting it out. I, lo I love that. Uh, again, uh, I think it goes back to kind of a, a team focus. Let's go and transition to those college years. You talked a little bit about the recruiting process. Uh, I think you said 19 visits uh, in 18 days. Um, you um, decide to stay in your home state. Okay, you talked about the idea of you know helping uh, um, you know your school win, get to a Final Four again, another team goal. How was that? Uh, you know the the classic stereotype small town kid now you're on a big college campus uh, you know how was that was there an adjustment period or you know was it just business as usual for you well uh, yeah of course it, you know there was an adjustment period i mean just to kind of give you an example of how small our town was so these college coaches would the closest airport was two hours away so they're flying into a little bit smaller airport in great bend kansas kansas and literally day after day, there's only one white rental car. So these college coaches were showing up in the same rental car. They were just trading it out and coming to my home. So yes, when I then decided to go to Missouri State, um, I think the biggest thing was I really never had to work hard academically 
in my small town high school. And then I really had to spend a lot more time, you know, studying. So I think the biggest thing for me was time management really early on. Um, I had gotten to play some USA basketball um, the summer before my senior year in high school and then on to my, the summer before my freshman year in college, which kind of gave me an idea of, you know, the, the intensity as far as the athleticism and, you know, what I was going to face at the college level, but it was more off the court for me. Um, like, oh my gosh, who's going to do my hair? I had never driven in a big city with stoplights. I mean, so it was more off the court. That was an adjustment for me than on the court, I would say. Wow. Uh, going back to, uh, again, that senior season, uh, you know, the final four, um, any, you know, a couple of memories stick out for you that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, there's not, not a better feeling in the world than when you accomplish a dream. And even more importantly, it's looked at as an impossible dream. I mean, nobody on the outside world thought we could, you know, do something like that. Playing a Final Four at what was called Southwest Missouri State is now um, Missouri State. But um, I'll, I'll never forget, and I can't believe I said this. I was reminded by this uh, by one of our, our media guys. But so we, our senior year, we really never lost two games in a row. We had five seniors that were all very close knit. And you know what I learned from our team our senior year is we were able to beat teams where everybody on that team was an All-American. Like we, we took down Duke, that was the number one seed. We had one All-American, but I just learned that if you will play for each other and play together, you can accomplish so much more if people will buy in their roles and play together than just a, a talented team of individuals. And Coach Burnett was so great at, getting us to understand our roles and we could accomplish so much more as a team. But I remember we thought we were gonna to get to host um, because we had won the conference tournament championship and the top 16 teams at that time would get to host. And you know we sold out, we had 9,000 fans a game, one of the best attendants in women's basketball at the time. Well, not only do we not get to host when we hear the NCAA tournament selection, we get sent all the way to Rutgers um, in you know New Jersey. So here our fans travel, but to expect them to travel all the way there. And we were you know in a watch party in Hammond Student Center, that was our gym. And I take the mic and I tell everyone that this will not be the last time we play in the state of Missouri because the final four of that year was in St. Louis. I just believed it so much that we were gonna play in the final four that year. And um, we ended up, you know, advancing. And then one other little story is, uh, I'll never forget the day before the final four, we had to sign autographs and it was just pandemonium. And I remember it was us in UConn and I look over and not any, no one is in UConn's line and everybody's fighting to get our autographs because we just did, you know, the unthinkable. And it was like, here we are a Cinderella story in our hometown. I mean, we bust to the final four in St. Louis. So it was, it was just so special. Uh, you know, I'm so glad nobody wanted me to go to Missouri State at the time, but I truly followed, followed my heart and I knew it was the best place for me. And, you know, it was the best four years of my life. I was, I'm glad I was able to stand up to everybody and know what I wanted to do, but that's hard at that age, you know, because, you know, that's a tough decision when you're, when you're making, you know, the first big decision of your life. So, but it all worked out and, you know, I'm grateful for the experience I had in college. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate you sharing it with our listeners. Uh, just so very cool. I'm getting goosebumps just listening to it. Uh, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Jackie Stiles, um, you know, high school, college basketball legend, uh, uh, professional basketball player, coach, 
and now fitness uh, entrepreneur. We're going to find out some more about some of the things that Jackie's doing now, but let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. There's always been analytics, but there's a whole lot more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high schools and colleges. And even the pros use Huddle to help their athletes perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational Lady Podcast. Our guest is Jackie Stiles. Jackie, um, uh, our regular listeners know that uh, you know I was born and raised in Oregon, still a big Oregon and uh, Portland sports fan. So uh, as your college career ended, you know you were drafted. I, I want to say it was like maybe number three or number four overall in the first round uh, by the Portland Fire, uh, which at the time was a WNBA team, uh, and and I remember those headlines. Okay. Uh, and uh, very successful rookie season, rookie of the year. I, I, again, I remember all that. Um, how was that going from, again, small town kid, you know, you end up playing division one ball, go to the final four. Now you're going to the next level, you know, playing with the best, you know, women basketball players in the world. Uh, what was that like? Uh, share with our listeners if you can. Yeah, it was another, you know, big transition just because one, the players get bigger, they're more athletic, the game was even more physical. So definitely a big adjustment period initially. And, you know, I, I was like, gosh, am I good enough to play at this level? Because a lot of people thought I was too small, you know, being a two guard, um, you know, I'm five, eight, I wasn't the point guard because I like to shoot too much. So uh, I was a two guard. And, you know, I, I was like, okay, you know, can, can I play at this level? And I, I had a breakout game early on. And then that just kind of gave me the confidence that, yeah, you know, I can play at this level, but I'll tell you, there was not a better feeling in the world than when they called my name at the, as a fourth pick, you know, to really make my dream of playing basketball and getting paid for it. I mean, to do something you absolutely love to get paid. That was pretty amazing. But um, as my rookie season came to an end, I realized that I played year round for so many years because I played USA basketball five straight summers all through college. We made that long run into the final four of my senior year. And it was less than a month and I'm turning around and I'm reporting to training camp. So my body started to break down and I ended my rookie season basically with a wrist that needed surgery. Um, I didn't know at the time, but I had a partially torn, a partially torn Achilles um, a torn shoulder. I mean, I was pretty beat up after my rookie season. So I then convinced myself that I can, I'm healthy enough to play my second season. And that's probably my one regret that I didn't shut down my second season, just because literally I was playing with a wrist that needed surgery, a torn rotator cuff and a partially torn Achilles. And it was one of the hardest years I've ever had to go through because, you know, I lost my starting spot. I hadn't really played one good game my whole second year. And I want to tell a story because it just shows you the power of your mind. So um, 
I basically they would uh, take me off uh, in, in injury reserve and they'd activate me. I get to play, but I couldn't practice because I was so hurt. Like I couldn't even warm up for games. If I warmed up for the game, I couldn't get the ball to the rim. So here we are this long season that I, I made it through somehow. If we make the, if we win this game, we'll make the playoffs. And I thought to myself, I did not stick this season out for nothing. And so I got up the day of the game and I said, you're the best player on that court. You're going to do whatever it takes to win the game. No one can stop you. And I just kept rehearsing it. You're the best player on the court. No one can stop you. You can do whatever it takes to win the game. And of course, none of those things were true. Like I said, I wasn't even starting at the time. Did not really have one good game that I would consider a good game my second season. Well, sure enough, I get in off the bench. I hit my first three. I hit my next three. And I'm telling you, I'm playing with a torn rotator cuff, a wrist that won't bend, and a partially torn Achilles. But my mind was able to convince my body that it was my old, old healthy self, and I played like it. And so I just always tell that story because I, it taught me a valuable lesson that you can do amazing things just through your mind. And uh, so I, I, that's one big story. And then another story just from transitioning from a small town to, you know, the big time, of course, like the WNBA. Um, so we would, obviously we didn't make the salaries that the men do. I mean, I was fourth pick and I went at, you know, 55,000, I think it was at the time. And so we would, they would pay us like a per diem when we traveled. And so we would kind of, you know, save our per diem, you know, cause we weren't making these big salaries. Well, but we would stay in the nicest hotels from like the Ritz, the W's, the nicest hotels. Well, uh, I, we would never order room service because, you know, it was way too expensive. So one night after game, I hadn't eaten right at the game. I wasn't hungry. But a couple of my teammates, you know, were like, oh, uh, let's just go get a protein bar. And then we said, no, uh, there's a Wendy's not too far. We're just going to have the concierge uh, call us a, a cab. Well, little did we know that the Ritz doesn't allow cabs to pull up. So they're like, your car's here. So we literally go and it's a limo. So we took a limo to the late night uh, Wendy's window and ordered off the 99 cent menu. And the limo driver's like, this is the only place you girls want to go? And we're like, yeah. And so, but by the time we took the limo and, you know, ate Wendy's, we probably should have just, it would have been cheaper to order room service. But no, that, those are some of the, the memories I have from my w, WNBA career. It just wasn't uh, as long as I wanted it to. Injuries cut it pretty short. I never really recovered from that second season of, of playing through that. Yeah. Uh, I, I always joke, I say injuries and a lack of talent uh, kept me out of the NFL. Uh, you know, you actually had you know, a, a real pro career there. Um, let's go and talk about, you know, the next uh, step in your career. Uh, pretty successful college coaching experience. You already talked a little bit about it, but again, for our listeners, you know, take us through how did that happen? Uh, and, you know, um, how, do, how do you feel about that now looking back that you're no longer coaching? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was a tough transition when I couldn't play because I put all my eggs in, in one basket and my identity was, what I did on the basketball court. And, you know, I had to learn that lesson that it's not what I do. It's who I am as a person. So I kind of had to find my way. It took a few years, find, you know, everybody's like, why aren't you coaching? I finally got into coaching. I was like, okay, I know this is what I'm going to, I need to do the second half of my career. And uh, my first coaching job was at LMU in Los, Los Angeles, California and talk about adjustment. I mean, dealing with the traffic and recruiting there, but it was a great experience to get my foot in the door then I got hired with my alma mater at Missouri State, spent six years there, 
uh, we made a sweet 16 and that was my goal is like, I wanted to get it back to the level of, you know, when I played there, it's always like, you know, leave it better than you found it. So it was kind of rewarding to make that sweet 16. Then our head coach, Kelly Harper gets hired on to uh, coach at Tennessee. So I, I lose my job because if the head coach, you know, get either go somewhere else because of success or gets fired, the assistants are all gone as well. So I then find my way on to uh, Oklahoma, which where I spent my last two years and what an incredible experience to um, work for someone that's a hall of famer, has coached 25 years and there's nobody like her as far as the way she can com communicate and teach the game. So it was just an honor to work for her for two years. And I, I learned so much and it was craziest. We were both inducted to the same hall of fame class. And so we kind of reconnected in 2016 and I was her very first recruit when she got the job at Oklahoma. I was her first home visit. So, and my mom was so upset with me that I didn't choose Sherry Cole in Oklahoma, but I got to redeem myself. I got to work for her um, for the last two seasons and then had a great experience there, but she retires. I lose my job again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of moving, you know, buying homes, selling homes, moving a three bedroom, two bath home every time. It's not like a college move, you know? So um, that's when I really did some soul searching and decided that, you know, I, my gifts are better served, um, you know, uh, doing the basketball lessons, the camps and clinics. And then I've, I have a real love for fitness. Um, I was diagnosed with this uh, rare cancer a couple of years ago and my mom was so embarrassed, but I was like, I can't go six days because I had to be in isolation treatment. I'm like, I cannot go six days without a workout. So I brought my bike and my trainer into my isolation room. Like doctors and nurses would have to come by and see if this was real life. Did I really have a bike in my treatment room? But that's how important fitness has also been to me because, you know, I'm not very small, but that was one thing I could always control as an athlete is, you know, I could be in the best shape if anyone on that court. So it's just played a huge part. So I really feel like this is a good fit in this transition of, you know, uh, doing a, a personal training gym and, uh, you know, the basketball camps and clinics. So. Uh, again, uh, tremendous, fascinating story. And I appreciate you sharing uh, for our listeners. Uh, we're visiting with Jackie Stiles, uh, professional basketball player, national leader. And uh, when we come back from our break, we're going to take, uh, as I like to say, a deeper dive into what she is doing right now with kids and coaches and programs, uh, you know, through her new business. So uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive for their support. You know, Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while also creating the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, once again, we're visiting with Jackie Stiles. Um, Jackie, you, you, it's just been really cool for me uh, as a fan to uh, you know, hear you know, your high school, your college, and your pro experience, and especially you know, your coaching gig, being a longtime coach. Um, 
you are still very young, uh, but uh, now you're entering a, a new phase in your career. You talked a little bit about next gen fitness, and I know you've got a website, jackiestyles.com. But tell our listeners a little bit about you know what you're doing now and why a coach or an AD who's listening might want to reach out and get in touch with you. All right. Well, you know, I just want, I believe that our greatest legacy is every human life we can impact for the better. And I, I just feel like one, when I moved to Springfield, my original goal was, okay, I'm going to start next gen fitness and it was going to take a while, you know, to get things up and running. So I thought, well, I'll just do some basketball lessons in the meantime. And, you know, somebody called and asked, would I do a camp for them at one of the local rec centers? And I'm like, you know, sure. And then all of a sudden, not even meaning to. And that's why I think sometimes we can't get so focused on our destination and we have to be open, you know, just going in a general direction. And all of a sudden my basketball business has completely exploded. I have 30 camps set up for this summer. And, you know, so if anyone's interested then go to JackieStyles.com, I'll travel anywhere to put on these uh, one day little clinics. And I just remember as an athlete growing up, um, I remember a, a player I looked up to said, hey, if you keep working, you can one day, you know, play division one basketball and, you know, the opportunities you're going to get because of basketball, you'll just, you'll be blown away if you keep working and that stuck with me. And so now to be able to do that for other young athletes, you know, it's been really rewarding and fulfilling. And so um, as I'm starting to open up my next gen fitness, I'm going to continue on with the, you know, the basketball lessons and camps and clinics because I enjoy it so much. You know, I, I know you talked about the um, um, experience you had as a youngster uh, at a camp. Uh, I can still remember, gosh, this is a hundred years ago uh, as a middle school student going to the very first Portland Trailblazer basketball camp. And uh, these names will mean nothing to most people. Jeff Petrie, Jim Barnett were players that year. Uh, just, you know, so encouraging. Uh, it really does make a difference. I ended up going to uh, that same college where they had that camp. Um, what are some of the experiences that you've had on the other end of that now working with youth uh, that really stick out for you? Well, you know, I think one thing is, um, I've, I've learned that, you know, everybody has comes from a different background and everybody's definition of something might be different than your own. And you have to really clearly define what is expected. And, you know, I've learned a lot that, you know, they learn a, a lot visually, like whether it's video or, or demonstrating. So just clearly defining kind of what you're expecting when you're working with them and then, and how you manage that or how you get them to be the player you want them to be or get them to have that work ethic that you want them to have is um, I believe you have to do it by uh, positive. You know, you want them to be able to do it when you're not around. Cause I'm going to be around this player one time a week. They, they aren't going to be a great player working one time a week with me. It's what they do outside of me. That makes them great. So you've got to have them develop that want to that ownership of wanting to be great. Cause you know, they can't just do it when I'm watching. So um, finding ways to motivate them. And then also like, I believe that anything you ask anyone else of anything, anyone else to do, you have to, to model it. I mean, you have to be that example, you know, if you want them to be on time, you better be on time, you know, things like that. So I really think that when you're, you're leading people, you have to clearly define it. You have to manage it. And then you have to obviously model it. Yeah, no, great advice. 
Um, uh, I know we mentioned JackieStyles.com and Next Gen Fitness. Um, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit or get you to come and do a basketball camp for them, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, definitely JackieStyles.com. If you contact me through that, then I'll, I'll get back with you pretty quickly. And I would be happy to either set up a camp or clinic or give you any kind of advice or anything that you'd possibly need. I, I'm here to help others um, be their best selves. And, you know, if I can do that for somebody, that would be great. Great. Well, again, for our listeners, we're visiting with Jackie Styles. We're going to be back with some more. So uh, hang around. Uh, let's take another break and hear from one of our podcast sponsors. We also want to say thank you to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They have a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let Vital Signs help showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments by going to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Jackie Stiles. Jackie, um, not everyone gets to have a movie made out made of their life so uh, if you can you know take us through that you know how how did it happen how are you contacted and where can people go to see it well I was really shocked so I'm now transitioning from coaching at Missouri State my alma mater to Oklahoma so I'm in the process of trying to move sell my home find a new home and all of a sudden I get this email from this producer out of LA he said, you know, I would really like to do a movie about your life. And I'm like, what my life? And is this guy for real? Is he legit? And sure enough, he sends me some things he's done, like from, you know, ESPN 30 for 30s. I'm like, wow, I mean, this stuff's, you know, really good. And so we have our first interview and it was at Missouri State as I was transitioning. And I realized real quickly that Brent was very talented and he knew more about my life than I even knew. So he was well-educated on it. And I, I knew that my story was in good hands after that first initial interview. And when I thought to myself, you know, do I want to put my life out there? I thought, you know what, if this helps one person, you know, be better and do more then you know, it was well worth my time, but it's been a really fun experience because, you know, he has been great and it just premiered actually at the Galois uh, Theater in Springfield, Missouri, and he premiered it um, March 1st. And that was when I broke the record, the all-time scoring record years ago. I won't tell you how many, because I don't want to date myself, you know, but uh, so we actually um, had the movie premiere night that night. And it was so cool because one, I got to share it because to, to accomplish something like that, it takes a team of incredible people that help you do something like that. I mean, I share that with so many people. Well, you know, so many turned out that night. And then after the movie aired, we had basically a panel of my coaches in high school and, you know, Coach Cole, 
um, you know, who I got to coach under and, and just different people that were huge impact on my career. And we did a question and answer on the stage and it, it ended up, you know, blowing me away. And actually I did not get to see the movie until it premiered in front of the public. So talk about overwhelming. Like I was like really, really nervous, but like I said, Brent did a good job. And now it's at the stage where one, it got picked up by the Stony Brook, um, and so it will be played at that film festival. And then it's also now going to go in August in front of all the Midwest theater owners. And they're going to determine whether it will be picked up in, in theaters. Um, and then after that, it'll be, you know, you can get it on different platforms, maybe like a Netflix or Amazon. But first, for it to have a chance to go to theaters, it can't be provided anywhere else yet. So that's kind of uh, the gist of it, but it, it's been an incredible experience reliving some of the best memories of my life. And like I said, I, I was blown away by the work Brent Huff did on the movie. So uh, again, you, you've seen the movie. Uh, I'm going to guess you were involved in little snippets, you know, as far as the production. Um, it, it, it's a documentary. So it wasn't uh, um, a, a case of a Hollywood production and, and somebody is playing Jackie Styles, but if it was okay, if Hollywood was going to do your story, who would you cast uh, to be Jackie Styles? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. I do not know. I've never been asked that. Uh, you know, maybe I could ask you. <laughs> who would you pick to be me? <laughs> well, I I'm sure you've seen sports movies before, and usually the athletic portrayals are just awful. I mean, you know, yes. you, you can tell that they're not athletes. So uh, uh, I would want it to be somebody that was going to be true to, you know, Jackie Styles uh, athleticism. Uh, and then uh, again, the, the Hollywood uh, component, I, you would, you would have to come out of retirement. You'd have to play yourself. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, no, it would be ugly now if you saw my shot, but the, the funny thing is I, I remember growing up in, in USA basketball, uh, some of the players, this is random. I don't think that we resemble each other at all, but they're like, Oh, uh, they would call me Mariah Carey. I'm like, I, I don't see Mariah Carey in me, but this was like when I was my younger days. So I, I think she is an actress, but I, I don't know about the basketball part of it. You might have to sub in a uh, stunt double or whatever. So yeah. <laughs> but I, I think she might've been gymnastics. So now I'm going to be stuck with that visual of Mariah Carey <laughs> dribbling a basketball. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I guess, it, and, and again, I'm uh, um, I'm struggling now to remember the name of the actress, but uh, the actress who played in uh, Million Dollar Baby, oh, Hilary Swank. Yes. Uh, oh, I love that. Talk about a tearjerker. That. Oh no, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, for me and my and my wife. But oh. uh, uh, yeah, that was. You know, I mean, she, obviously, she you know did a good job athletically in that. But uh, maybe boxers. Uh, would disagree. Anyway, but we digress. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This has been so cool for me. Listeners, if you can't tell, I I've been a big fan of Jackie Styles for a long time. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, Jackie, you're not an AD, but you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. So in just a minute, uh, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, who sponsor the Athletic Director Toolbox segment. And then we're gonna find out what Jackie Styles is gonna put in her Athletic Director Toolbox. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast.
We want to say thank you to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the parents and the student athletes that really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them show you how to take your athletic program from good to great. Well, we've been spending some really cool time with Jackie Styles, legendary basketball player, uh, college coach, and now uh, Next Gen Fitness and JackieStyles.com basketball camps. But right now I'm going to challenge her to uh, send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. Uh, Jackie Styles, what three things are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? Well, first, I would say that you have to be authentic to who you are. If you can't be yourself in the situation you're in, you're not going to be your best self and people aren't going to trust you. So you have to tr truly be genuine to who you are. And if, if you do that, I believe uh, good things will happen. Be, good things will happen and you'll be able to lead people and, and get that trust. Um, second, I think you always have to uh, lead with love. And that means just always choosing love, you know, over fear or whatever it may be, but you've got to put your people first and, you know, give them uh, ownership. You know, you want them to grow as people and get better. So pour into them. Um, don't micromanage, trust the people that you've hired to, to be great. And, you know, that way, you know, when you give them more responsibilities and let them make decisions, you're going to have so much more buy-in because, you know, they feel a part and they feel valued. So I would say lead with love. And then the third reason is always remember your why, why you took that job in the first place. Um, and that will always keep you centered. And, um, you know, I think it's always so important to have your core values and never stray from what those values are um, when you make decisions. But, but those, those would be my three things. Be authentic, leave with love, and you know, remember your why and, and why you do what you do. Those are great, great tools. And uh, I think any athletic director would do quite well to have them. Uh, we did this once before, but one more time. If one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, or you know, maybe get you to come and do one of your great basketball camps for them, how can they get in touch with you? Um, they can get in touch with me at JackieStyles.com if they need anything. I'm, I'm happy to help. That's what I'm about, you know. So, yeah, JackieStyles.com, and you can reach me. Well, Jackie Styles, thanks uh, so much for being on the podcast today. It was great visiting with you, and all the best moving forward. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast.
And before we go, we want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Thank you.